0: You're listening to the Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Zohara Herodimus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Enjoy. Dr. Nick Begich joins us this hour. He is the eldest son of the late United States congressman from Alaska, Nick Begich Sr., and his mom, an activist, Peggy Begich. Nick is well-known in Alaska for his own political activities, being twice-elected president of both the Alaska Federation of Teachers and the Anchorage Council of Education. He co-authored with Gene Manning the book Angels Don't Play This Harp, Advances in Tesla Technology. Begich has also authored Earth Rising, The Revolution Toward a Thousand Years of Peace, Earth Rising 2, The Betrayal of Science, Society, and the Soul, with the late James Roderick, and his latest work Controlling the Human Mind, The Technologies of Political Control, or tools for peak performance and other things. Nick, welcome back to 21st Century Radio.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Zoe, And it's been um, way too long, but I'm I'm always good uh, to be with you. And it's you know we always cover some pretty interesting topics. So um, my pleasure, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next. Well, thank
0: hours. you so much. I mean, you've written books for those that don't know. You co-author with Gene Manning. Angels don't play this harp. Advances in Tesla Technology. And then you authored Earth Rising, The Revolution Toward a Thousand Years of Peace, and Earth Rising 2, The Betrayal of Science, Society, and the Soul with James Roderick. And finally, your latest work, Controlling the Human Mind, The Technologies of Political Control or Tools for Peak Performance. And that's where I'd like to start because you've worked with the HemiSync and technology for actually improving human abilities. Why don't we start there with the positive side of technology?
1: Right, that's great. I, I appreciate that too. Because I, I, you know, you get on the negative side too much uh, in this in this work. It seems like, especially when you get in the area of uh, mind effects. But when you when you think about what's happening um, in this whole realm, both on the dark side and the, sort of the light side, the light side of this is we're we're gaining greater knowledge of how to control um, our own behaviors, how to modify them, or enhance um, our possibilities. And 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 this is through uh, brain in technologies, Hemisync you mentioned is certainly one of them, and what you create with that is uh, what's called a bioral. This is something that was patented a, a number of years ago by uh, Monroe, and what, what he determined is you could send uh, certain signals in one ear at a, at a frequency of, say, 15,000 hertz, which is within the range of human hearing and hertz being pulses per second, vibrations per second. You could send in another one on the other ear, as say fifteen thousand and seven, and what happens is they would cancel. You know, you and you'd end up with the difference between the two. In this case, a beat frequency of seven hertz, and both hemispheres, both sides of the brain, right and left, fall into synchronization to that signal. The energy distribution across the brain um, uh, equalizes on both hemispheres, and you get this whole brain effect, which is sort of this super uh, um, consciousness effect. And then layered on that is are frequencies that drive for specific effect, whether it's relaxation, meditation, enhanced learning, uh, these kinds of things. And there's many ways uh, to do this these days, and uh, Hemisync being just, just one of them.
0: Yeah, and I'd, I'd encourage our audience to go to your website, earthpulse.com and you can get all the information you want, read some wonderful papers about the work that Nick and others have done with the HemiSync, and you can learn how to get that kind of material. Now, in the same way that the HemiSync, or a laser, produces focused, coherent light, there's been other applications for energy whether it's electromagnetic or other, to also change the human mind, but it's not necessarily something that the individual will be real happy to hear about. And so I think it's really important when we talk about these things to remind ourselves that this is not um, imaginary, that the military and medical papers you know, Fill the literature if you want to look at it, and Nick's right. website at earthpulse.com. You can read some of these military directives. So let's talk a little bit about why mind control and affecting through either directed acoustics or other technology is really a big game changer now worldwide.
1: Well, essentially what, what's been discovered in, and is becoming increasingly well-known in the, in the literature is just the fact that we're, uh, you can affect the body the mind, any aspect of our, um, of our chemistry, of our biology, our physiology can be affected by external signals, coherent signals, whether they're generated by, as you said, acoustics uh, or sound signals or um, microwave manipulations, you can actually create um, a, a number of things. And why it's become exciting from a military perspective are really two sides to the coin. One is enhancing human performance. There were a couple of projects, uh, many projects, but more recently a couple of projects for learning about enough about the brain and electronic telepathy to actually create that effect. So there's a couple of contracts awarded by DARPA to the University of California for, for those studies. But the idea of being able to enhance performance or, uh, conversely, with your adversary, degrade their performance um, without destroying necessarily uh, property by just affecting the biological whether it be the mind or the body, and so things were developed, for instance, in the 1980s, to figure out how radio frequency manipulated in a very specific way could target each of the vital organs of the body. You know that kind of manipulation create heart attacks or liver failure, kidney disruption, this kind of thing. But as as things advanced, um, in fact, there was a great article. It was in uh, um, it, it was in the publication-produced Technology Horizons by the Air Force, and it's the research side. And they had created, uh, actually, a number of technologies around controlled effects, controlling um, the human body and mind in such a way that you could even create very complex signals that would generate illusions um, uh, that would be mistaken for even uh, actual experience. So a lot of research headed this way For military applications. The sad story there is, is so much of the vital information for health care and enhancing human performance ends up getting um, restricted because of, you know, classified nature of this kind of work. But the the upside is a lot of private research is being done in this area, and great advances are being made, um, you know, in in our knowledge of what you can do to, to enhance
0: performance on a positive. And and that is the positive side, but let us not forget that there's technologies that even corporations purchase in order to encourage people to buy things they don't need, whether it's embedding an RF signal at the mall. Share with us how they do this, because I did a show in which we talked about some of the theories that this had been done before the Iraq war, during the war, that this kind of technology actually would make people surrender. Um, I wondered whether or not during that whole spring uprising from Egypt to Tunisia and down the line, I mentioned that there is such a thing as an exitory wave where you actually super excite the emotional Um, sort of construct and interesting that it affected men more than women, whether or not it's because just men are ready to go and fight or that women in those societies weren't as vocal or not shown as often in the media. But share with us, because, you know, when I was reading one of the papers posted at earthpulse.com, I read that in May of 2006, quote, the Air Force issued 24 million in contracts for quote, electromagnetic effects, research, and development to Northrop Grumman, Vols Scientific, Lockheed Martin, etc., etc., et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, they're looking at this as future wars, but it's also being used in crowd control.
1: Right, right. In fact, um, there's been agreements made going back to the 1980s where the Justice Department and DOD Department of Defense made agreements to share, and as Significant other is hollering at you as you gaze off into the TV, and you don't even hear them because you're in an altered state, actually. And and that, and that altered state can be enhanced by just the simple application of flickering light from the television screen, in such a way as to when an advertiser comes on, it just super anchors uh, whatever's being pitched, and as long as it doesn't conflict with your normal ideas, you'll do that. Like. Uh, when you were talking about um, using this technology in Iran or or Iraq or in these various conflicts, yeah, we used it. According to Scottish media, in the first Gulf conflict, um, to create a passive situation, and and what we did is we created anxiety and fear, and you know, in in terms of the largest, fourth largest army in the world at the time, and watched them surrender uh, in masse. But when you think about the uprising in the Middle East could it have been these technologies? Absolutely, probably was. Once things started rolling, you kind of you got an opportunity to enhance that. And then, like you say, culturally, women in the Middle East tend to be more submissive and less uh, assertive, um, and and that would, would play correctly. You know, mind control and mind effects. You tend to gravitate towards your predispositions. You know, you're not going to do something that's totally out of your cultural context, but you can be pushed, moved. Uh, swayed to where uh, very little takes, um, whether it's advertising soap or creating political unrest, uh, to move a move a crowd, and that's what's been discovered and known for a number of years. In fact, every area of psychology, in terms of advanced uh, training, will teach about brain entrainment effects for therapeutic purposes. But you need to consider these purposes as well, and the differences in carriers, ways you can carry a signal in that create these effects.
0: So beyond the crowd control, I mean, I I was reading, and I've shared this on the air before, where it's been deployed, whether it's at the G7 summit or in Canada or in smaller countries where there is um, protesting, and they deploy these things. I've looked at them online, and they're just on wheels, and they can either just play really, really loud, obnoxious sounds of, you know, like they did at Waco, actually, to the Branch Davidians when they played the sound of rabbits screaming and, I mean, just horrible things. And some of it you won't necessarily physically hear, but you hear it as an auditory impulse. So some of the claims going on around this country by individual citizens who say that, you know, their mind is being messed with. You know, maybe they were in the military and they were given some sort of bad discharge, or maybe they had a behavior issue and they became utilized, or they're an unsuspecting charity patient, or whatever. I mean, it goes back to so many stories through World War II and then afterwards that these claims that people make, you know, that they're hearing voices, that their skin is on fire, that um, they can't think. Uh, Share with us some some of the symptomology that citizens experience who may, in fact, be... You know, suffering the effects of mind control.
1: Well, all, all of those things certainly um, have been documented. In fact, uh, there were revelations. And I know you're aware of the Church Committee reports in the '70s and you know, disclosing the MK Ultra experiments of the '60s and, and 1950s. You know, the work's been done for decades. It even goes further back. In, in the book "Controlling the Human Mind," we documented going back to uh, the Harvard um, uh, labs on hypnotherapy in the '20s. And the idea of creating you know, really profound effects on uh, human beings for at that time, the thought was to create this sort of super spy, be able to give a guy another personality and then send him into a, an area where they can really function. Um, and if they were captured, not have any recollection of who they were. They actually did these experiments through a guy named Esther Brooks all the way into the 1960s. And he was also involved in the CIA's experiments uh, involving psychedelic drugs, LSD and the like, all of which were revealed in uh, the uh, presidential uh, investigations on activities of the CIA in the 1970s. When you look at today and kind of how that moves forward, the work's continued. In fact, on the website you'll see the Navy Protocol and People use it, you know, and you can go back to the writing of Zbigniew Brzezinski in the late, uh, or excuse me, the early 1970s when he was still at Columbia University. He published a book called Between Two Ages, and within this was kind of a, a forward view of what would happen um, economically and socially uh, in terms of technology's impact on on the next 40 years. And you can read it from the 70s, and it is uh, a history <laughs> rather than a forecast, because virtually everything he forecasts happened. But part of that dealt with this whole um, uh, mind effects and basic uh, surveillance technologies and the challenges of this century as whatever political party, liberal or conservative, would find different rationale for justifying using these technologies against our own citizens. And this is the problem is there's no real regulation.
0: Well, and, and not only that, as we'll come back, we have to take a, our first commercial break and, and and listen to what our advertisers have to program us with. Now, we'll be right back. Oh, Nick no, Nick Begich is our guest. Follow up at earthpulse.com if you want to order something. Once you get there, one 690 1277
1: This is John Robbins. I am the author of Diet for a New America, The Food Revolution, No Happy Cows, and Eight Other Best Sellers. And... You're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zoe Hieronymus. It's a great show. I have been on it several times. I'm always inspired by Dr. Zoe and her thoughtfulness, her conscientiousness. She's impeccable. She knows what she's talking about. She brings great people to the airwaves, and I am really grateful for her that she does her show the way she does it.
0: So, Nick, I want to come back, though, to this mind control and directed acoustics because even something as simple as megaphones that um, China has used, right, in full view of the people, but there's no way to escape the sound. And so that's a while back. But today's technology, as you point out, has voice-to-skull directed acoustic devices through neuroelectromagnetic or what they call non-lethal weapons, meaning it produces sounds within the skull of a human, but another person might not hear it.
1: That's correct. In fact, it um, was American technologies. Woody Norris, who invented that technology in terms of at least uh, the public version of an acoustic signal, and it's using acoustic heterodyning, and he uh, created a technology to do exactly that. In fact, it won the MIT Levelson Prize, which was half a million bucks. I think it was uh, 2004 or five. and people can look that up, but Woody Norris uh, developed a method for doing exactly that, and the military uses it for... Perimeter control. So when people walk within a certain zone, with that signal, as they hear that proverbial voice uh, in the head, but as they step out of that zone, they wouldn't hear it at all. And that, so using it for that purposes, or you know, I mean, you can imagine all kinds of uh, ways to play with that technology.
0: Well, and then of course there's the a long range acoustical device, which the military and governments and corporations can use for crowd control perimeter enforcement sure. and other things. But, you know, this technology, you know, they might call it non-lethal, but we all know that anything that changes the vibration of anything in the body has repercussions.
1: Absolutely. This is the root of um, of health. You know, people look at, and if you think about health, it splits into two, a fork, you know, one that follows sort of a chemical model and one follows a physics model where energy interactions and affect chemical reactions, which then affect, Human physiology and other living systems, and so when you when you understand enough about how to modulate or manipulate um, energy at its base, and you can create literally a communication with um, either elementally um, or cellularly or in gross organ or however you want to look at the human body, it's just a total different way of seeing uh, and then manipulating uh, that underlying energy that you know, runs our whole system. If you think about the human being, uh, you know, and so. That's the interaction that's going on. And so any number of things can be used for doing that. And that's been uh, what the military calls um, a part of their revolution military affairs, Mm -hmm. or their RMA, which is this whole advancement of technologies uh, like this that are so different from anything we used in the last century. Um, And yet think about the last century in terms of warfare innovations. But This is um, much, much more insidious in terms of what it can do And again, a lot of money, um, uh, billions and billions of dollars to spend on this kind of research over many decades.
0: One of the other things mentioned in some of your different papers is um, through the use of the electromagnetic spectrum, something called pulsed energy projectiles, PEPs, which is another form of weaponry that paralyzes a victim with pain. And it was written about in the New Scientist magazine.
1: Right, right. You know that same kind of technology applied in a uh, what looks like a dish on a humvee, and it you know in that instance you can create a um, the feeling of 130 135 degrees on the surface of skin, which is you know a burning sensation. Uh, this is used for uh, crowd control purposes, and what people don't talk about is the fact that that same dish, by manipulating the waveform, the pulse rate, or any other number of perimeters, um, you can create much different effects beyond heating, and so. When you think about this, you know you look at the public sort of you know what is this thing in the battlefield explanation, and then think about what the science behind it provides in versatility. And an operator doesn't even have to know what this device is; they just have to know to push the right button. You know, push the yellow one, push the green one, push the red one. Yeah, you know, without really understanding much of the science behind of what they're doing. And
0: and of course yeah. one of the issues you and I have talked about and I've talked about for decades, as has Bob on our program, which deals with the media and media blackout. And it's a serious problem when I read one of your papers by a researcher from Sonoma State University when they were conducting a network analysis of the board of directors of the ten big ...media orgs in the United States, and the team determined that only 118 people comprised the membership, quote, on the boards of director of the 10 big media giants. These 118 individuals in turn sit on the corporate boards of 288 national and international corporations... Four of the top ten media corporations in the U.S. have DOD contractors on their board of directors. I'm just reading this because I think it's right. interesting right. for the audience to hear this. William Kennard, New York Times, Carlisle Group. Douglas Warner III, GEMBC, Bechtel. John Bryson, Disney, ABC, Boeing. All in Lewis, Disney, ABC, Halliburton, Douglas McCorkendall, Gannett, Lockheed Martin, and the list goes on. So we have a serious problem. You and I can talk about these things on 21st Century Radio and the thousands of other programs you've been on in, you know, lake, local AM jams or online We can talk about this, but you will rarely hear serious discussions about subjects that might come up in the news who claim to be under the impact of mind control. You'll hear those stories every now and then. You'll meet a homeless person. I myself had these experiences when I was a daily broadcaster of people claiming that they are being um, tested on. So let's talk about the laws and the issue of civil liberties and who has a right to know what and when and where.
1: Yeah, this is so important, though, because really, fundamentally, the fact that it's even going on. I mean, it was Secretary of Energy O'Leary during the Clinton administration, when she was um, in her position, she acknowledged over half a million Americans at that point had been experimented on by everything from medical experiments dealing with the uh, um, uh, with syphilis and Black Americans in the South uh, East. Or. A radioactive iodine used on Native Americans in and, and my part of the world. But, you know, these experiments you, you have crossed a lot of lines, and yet no one has ever been held accountable. In fact, the fact that the experiments go on, and those that might create notoriety in the press, actually, using that language, are flagged by the Navy to go up to the assistant secretary level for approval. And the reason is, is when these things do come out, and here's why you start to little bit of the information showing up in the mainstream media, uh, is because it's gotten to the point where you can't deny it. You know, there's too much in the open literature, and so you cover it now. Well, you know, these topics of, like, NSA and surveillance and what actually is being looked at, we published on that in 1999, James Roderick and I, in the book, Earth Rise and the Revolution, which was kind of a compilation of invasive technologies before 9-11, and then we actually analyzed again after 9-11. and. Publisher published Earth Rising too. But The fact is, the technologies have been around a very long time, and what hasn't been around is a, a, a media that's following it and reporting on it. Now, part of that is, uh, I think, exactly to hit on the control of media and how that works, and the fact that this is one of the biggest opportunities for the military-industrial complex. It's the whole revolution in, in military armaments provides huge, huge um, money, uh, over decades, trillions of dollars in U.S. tax dollars, just in terms of hardware. So there's a lot uh, at stake, and a lot of influential players would like to see things advance just the way they have been over the last few decades. And the problem is, and this is, you know, as a subtitle, you know, towards a thousand years of Peace, You know, what do you really want to see happen here? And the current model isn't going to give it to us. Going to give us more of the same, and and, and at a time when the technology is so profound. I mean, think about influencing human behavior and influencing human thought is just a general concept as it rubs up against the Constitution and First Amendment rights, uh, assembly, uh, speech, religion. All these things are predicated on the idea that you think freely, you feel freely, you express your emotions freely, and the idea that government uh, can believe, believes that they can create weapon systems and actually jump in the middle of that, I think that's the most invasive thing I've ever heard of. Uh, it bi- violates every sense of human uh, humaneness, and, and you know it goes far beyond anything we've ever restricted in the chemical mm-hmm. and biological weapons area
0: and and of course we're moving into artificial intelligence and with interactive neuronal or neuronal and nanoelectric photonic circuits i mean these are also things we're talking about as we'll just stick this right. little you know Node inside your nose, and we'll track you and what you do, or whatever. You go in for surgery, and you come out with an implant. And um, well, it's, it's go ahead. Small enough now. Yes.
1: Small enough now that you you can do this. Um, and 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 here's where the technology again is merging: smaller, more powerful, um, better transmitting systems, way to send energy out so you can actually energize very small microcircuits at a distance. Of even a, um, a kilometer or two and cause them to activate. So think about just being in in um, in this society idea of tracking every transaction, everything that you do that's electronic is tracked somewhere. Now here's the leap: quantum computers. This is where everything changes in terms of resolution, looking at things on a closer and closer level and being able to analyze, it, including the human brain. But supercomputing. A supercomputer today gives you the capability of everyone on the planet—seven uh, billion people with hand, hand calculators every five seconds doing a calculation for sixty hours. That's what a supercomputer does in a second today. But a quantum computer—now imagine that supercomputer running for for um, uh, 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 an hour. A quantum computer running for a, an hour would do what a supercomputer does in a trillion years.
0: Mm, mm, mm.
1: Okay, so every encryption system all of a sudden is hacked instantly by that kind of computing power. Mm-hmm. Everything then can be, uh, de- everything as fast as communication networks allow you to download databases can be drained and reconfigured. Now you got something that is, you know, and that's the race. The race is for quantum computing, and that's the result yeah. of
0: it. Yeah, and, and when you look at, just some of the examples of some of the papers at earthpulse.com. That's P U L S E.com with the word Earth First. Um, when you look at how many countries are working on this, I mean, whether it's China or Russia or Israel, I mean, right. the USSR Defense Intelligence Agency has a paper on controlled offensive behavior. There's also one right. from the USSR, Hypnosis at a Distance from Defense Intelligence Agency. And as you pointed out, this great article by Richard. Alan Miller, Synthetic Telepathy and the Early Mind Wars. And there's more um, about how now all of this is so much more within the world's grasp. And ladies and gentlemen, we're only at the tip of the iceberg of tonight's program because we're going to take this discussion into weather. I mean, it's enough that The governments of the world are working on controlling the electromagnetic spectrum in order to control human behavior to affect how one behaves, what one thinks, what one sees and does at a distance. So you can begin to see that the technologies, as Ingo Swann and I used to talk about and others, that technologies are actually um, mirroring at a greater and greater level of sophistication those things we can do with our innate organs. We can affect somebody at a distance with our mind. We all can. And we all can read another person's mind if we, you know, train ourselves appropriately. And we can. Remote view and affect and see matter thousands of miles away. So it it always has interested me that the choice is about not what the laws of nature are, but what do we do with them once we discover them. And this is always the question of intention. and 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 are we mature enough ethically, you know, to manage the discoveries we're making? And of course, my conclusion is no. We get a D, maybe a D minus. When it comes right. to the ethics, right. and that's the frightening part for me, not the technology, but the intentions right. of what to do with it.
1: Exactly right, and that's unfortunate that, you know, when you have military organizations doing the research, they're, they're doing it for weapons applications, you know, for military applications. And re- really when you look at it, you know, we, we get accused, and I know you've been accused of being yeah. a conspiratorialist, yeah. but the reality is the military are the chief conspiratorialist in the country because their job, their, their mandate, think of every possible thing that could ever happen and then build a plan around it, you know, just to safeguard the country. That's what they do. So they're, by nature, paranoid tinker, if, if you really look at uh, defense intelligence organizations and military organizations. And that's their job. I'm not being critical in that sense. But that's why they're supposed to be controlled by the civilian sector, so that we are making judgments based on a much broader context than sort of the motivation of fear uh, kind of um, mandated
0: thinking. Except that, that, you you know, that reptilian brain fear um, analog is really the way in which the public maintains... Fear of even looking into or being a whistleblower. And what happens when somebody within one of these agencies or one of these experiments wants to go public? And we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Our guest is Nick Begich. Follow his work and his wonderful publications and that of Earth Press at earthpulse.com. Their phone number, one triple eight six nine zero. 1277, if you'd like to order any of his books, his latest work, Controlling the Human Mind, or earlier ones, Angels Don't Play This Harp, Earth Rising 2, and Earth Rising the Revolution.
2: Hello, I'm John Perkins, author of many books, including Confessions of an Economic Hitman*. www.johnperkins.org, and you're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus. One of my very favorite people and a person who's spreading light around the world, who's really opening us up to the new changes in consciousness that we're experiencing at this incredible time in human history. My hat's off to Dr. Zahara Hieronymus and all that she's doing. She not only represents freedom of the press, but she also represents this new wave of waking up to new consciousness that's going to create a sustainable, just, peaceful world that's thriving for all sentient beings. Keep listening.
0: Amen to all that with Brother John Perkins, another really wonderful guest of 21st Century Radio. If you've just tuned in, Dr. Nick Begich is our guest. You can learn more about his wonderful work at earthpulse.com. That's earthpulse, P-U-L-S-E dot com. You can order any of his books or papers at one 690 1277 That's one Six nine zero twelve seventy seven. And for those emailing, can you speak some more on chemtrails? We will. I will try to do some more shows on it because I think Nick, what's so interesting about the writings on it is of, about trying to sort of create these charged particles so that plasma beam weapons work better. I mean, they're saying that chemtrails basically are the medium, and then Gwen, this pulse radars or the various harps or space-based labors. Are the method. So what they're saying is, "quote, chemtrails are the medium, directed energy is the method." Unquote. Would you agree with that? That's a conclusion from one of the papers I've read.
1: Certainly, it's yeah. I can see that as um, one of the explanations, plausible explanations for what we're witnessing, and and certainly I would agree that this has been done done in the past and has been documented. And again, whistleblower mechanism. That's the answer for a lot of this stuff. We're entitled to know. Uh, more than what we're told and we're we're entitled to know in a way that um is orderly and constructive and, and we're not getting it and and, and you would you know, think again,
0: local officials i mean just at the local level i prefer working at the local level now and that's generally what i tell young activists and they're good people working everywhere in the world, no matter where they are. And that's the beauty of working locally. You know, for a while, we were all sort of hoodwinked into thinking you got to act globally. Well, you know, we are globally connected, and we are even without technology. But working locally is really each of us taking responsibility for exactly where we are.
1: Well, you know, along that line, it's what we can do. You know, that's uh, I think that's what happens with a lot of activists. I get uh, burned out because yeah. they take on too much challenges that they don't even believe they can do it. You know, and do what you can, what you have absolute confidence in. You know, that's really the step of faith. Uh, it's not doing something you think is impossible for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but do what you can, do what you believe is right and true, whether it's these issues or other issues that are important to you. Just do a little bit. Recognize there's millions of other people doing the same. Don't wait for an organization to form; it already exists called the human race. Um, and we can all do something about it without a sense of anxiety and fear. You know, if we learn about these things, yeah, there's a little tension that goes with it. But as we gain our, our knowledge and education, we can act um, more responsibly. And I think that is the answer. Enhance our capabilities. Do the things we can to in- in- enhance our body, body, mind, and soul. But ultimately, uh, don't escape what you can do at the local level where really things happen. And from there, a path gets, gets forged and possibilities. Uh, change. You, and you may end up finding yourself on an international level. I certainly didn't expect to be doing what I'm doing yeah. uh, at, at this time in my well, life. Well, that happens. But, uh, yeah, I remember when I was happens.
0: working against food irradiation, I started locally because there was a local lobbyist working pro-radiator, Carol M. Burge, I think was her name at the time. And um, and then I ended up working on the national campaign with Kitty Tucker and Bob Alvarez and others. And But it, but it is true. You know, it, it just takes... Um, it's not that any one of us is anything special. It's just about putting our will to the wheel and actually doing something. And I say to people, if you don't feel you can work in sort of that kind of um, activist way, then feed the birds, you know, pick up trash, help somebody carry their groceries, because it's all connected. And I, and I think that sometimes when you I do a program like this, I sometimes... Um, want to be sure to say that, that not everybody listening is going to call their local official and ask them who's controlling the air and why can they spray stuff over us without our knowing right. what's in it.
1: Hey, but all these things are connected. And They, they are might all be connected. Walking down the street, you smile at someone, and that someone maybe was on their way uh, to suicide and mm-hmm. they changed their mind based on one little bit of human sentiment and maybe that person goes on and solves the next global problem. You know, who knows what you do in life? And I think that's where do what you can, maintain that sort of attitude of I am doing what I can. I am an actualized person. I'm not helpless in this society. Uh, do that which you care about, what you can do, what you feel good about. Things
0: will change. I I think I'm
1: I'm, I'm a pathological optimist.
0: So am I. People always (laughs) say, how can you be so optimistic? I said, because I already know the end story. As a futurist, (laughs) you know, you have the ability to sort of look ahead. And I know in about 200 years, there are going to be so many women in positions of power planet wide restoring in the great restoration project that I'm not as worried as maybe some other people might be. That doesn't mean the next 200 years aren't going to be a really great challenge for humanity. But but no, I, I I believe I, 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 in our I, ultimate I, success.
1: I think women are stepping in a lot more rapidly. Yeah, I hope it doesn't take 200 years. I no, hope that's that's, that's a kabbalistic
0: out. thing. We'll be in the age of Malchut, which is our sovereign kingdom. The whole world will be at our feet, meaning everyone will be in the, their walk, their talk. That's finally what that means. It means your feet and your mouth are connected. Your head and your feet from the highest holy to that which gets you where you need to go in a lifetime. So it's kind of the age of Malchut is, is the age of an awakening of our divine feminine, which means our equality within ourselves as well, in our left and right hemisphere of our brain and all good things. But But I agree with you. You know, when I would cover all of these awful things day after day, hour after hour for 10 years, it really did break my heart. And I tell people that was a really good thing. So sometimes, you know, bumping up against what a challenge we have on the planet and, and how dark and difficult it seems, but the truth is that really is concealed good. And, and I love that teaching in the Hasidic tradition I'm a student of, that that which seems so horrible could end up being the greatest thing that moves us to the greatest change, not that it itself is great.
1: Yeah, I think that's really the nature of life. Anyone with a little bit of gray hair recognizes that, I think, is... As a, as a truth.
0: <laughs> Is that why my head's all gray, white, silver? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's what you went through to get it there. You know, it's like in uh, traditional cultures, and Native American cultures, elders are often uh, revered because, uh, and I heard this expressed by a Native American elder once, and it wasn't just because they had gray hair. It's because they survived yeah. to have gray hair, whatever life a them, and nothing changed in millenniums.
0: Are very simple well, we things. And I noticed that you work with tribal elders and tribes and do a lot of advisory work. And I and I have commented on a numerous occasions that it so interests me that First Peoples and Native traditions have preserved the inner technology that is really our great divine inheritance. <laughs>
1: right. Hey, and we all spring forth from the same traditional roots, whether they were in Europe a few thousand years ago or in the Americas a few centuries ago, but the fact is we all come from the same root. Um, how we express into this reality is up to us. Um, and And really breaking the old patterns. I'm hopeful we see the same kind of revolution we saw in Eastern Europe, where it was largely nonviolent and was sweeping when people finally woke up to uh, what they could do and began to act in their own interests. And I think we're going to see that again. I think the the suffering that the country is experiencing now and is being extremely underreported. Uh, Will lead to that change because in in that age of suffering is where the real awakening occurs. Just what you had said a few moments ago, and I think we're there. I'm I'm optimistic because in in suffering I know great change is possible. This country is suffering economically, politically, socially, uh, on so many levels. Um, change is inevitable. There's no option, so I remain optimistic, uh, even in the in the midst of all of uh, the nonsense we're witnessing, and to keep identifying it. Point it out. Put your finger on it. Don't be afraid to do it. And in so doing it, you identify it
0: for what it is,
1: and you begin to strip it of its power.
0: We've covered a lot of topics, and we could cover them in greater detail, but are, are there things? We don't have much time. We have a few minutes left. Are there other topics that you've been working on or intend to work on soon?
1: Well, we've, you know, we've been covering you know some of the economic issues, and we don't have time to really get into that. Uh, today, but you know really what we're seeing in the country, there's a lot of stuff going on that's again underreported, natural resource issues, some bad, some good. But the fact is um, economically there's some huge changes that could take place. It doesn't all have to be the doom and gloom mentality. The country is uh, is ex- ex- extraordinarily wealthy in, in terms of the real economic uh, factors of production, which is labor, entrepreneurship, uh, land and resources, and ultimately capital equipment. And in in this country, we we remain um, a very, very strong sovereign. If we can get our political uh, organizations turned around, um, maybe we can see the real kind of change that we want to see in this country, because we certainly have the ability. We have the talent. We have the knowledge. uh, We have the resources, Um, even our oil and gas resources, regardless of the debate on how they're coming out of the ground. Hydrocarbons. Uh, the, the U.S. is going to be pretty much uh, free of imports in hydrocarbons in the not-too-distant future. Uh, that's going to create a huge economic shift in the United States also. Uh, but we have potential that this is untapped. Uh, Alaska, where I'm from, greatest treasury in the world uh, in the United States and is being exploited horribly by multinationals at the expense of the American public. A topic for another day, but... Uh, One that I I think is one of the most important topics of, of this century as well.
0: Well, while I have you on and you are an Alaskan, I watched a show one day. I don't remember what it was called, but it was Iceberg Hunters. And these guys were going out and blowing up icebergs and then hauling the ice back and selling it. And I'm thinking, who gives them the right to destroy these icebergs and whatever else it is that goes with that destruction? Do you know anything about that?
1: Well, um, actually, it's uh, within the three-mile limit of the coastal areas. It's the state that has jurisdiction to those waters and resources, and they issue the permits. Um, wow. And that ice is actually exported.
0: How to, interesting. Uh, so where we, we might get a fishing permit in Alaska, you can get an iceberg hunting permit?
1: Well, it's a, it's a water right.
0: Uh, essentially, a water you're
1: securing a water right uh, for harvesting that ice.
0: That uh, is fascinating.
1: <laughs> it's, it, but, you know, that takes now, the cake, I have to, I have to is,
0: say. I so mean, fun. we talked about some pretty <laughs> wild things tonight, but that one takes the cake. A water permit for going and blowing up icebergs and making a pro- But they didn't grow the icebergs, and they've been there for no. centuries. And it's an extraordinary thing no. to what? me that somehow or other some it's little guy with his little fishing boat or tug can do that and destroy what is meant to be for everyone. It's fascinating. Well, you're just a joy to be with Nick. It was just a pleasure to have two hours with you and to be able to sort of tap your mind and heart. And your heart is so big and loving. And I just love the whole way you are.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. My best to your a listening audience as we move to the next week and I just thank you guys for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Again, follow up after the show with Dr. Nick Baggage at Earth Pulse Press. That's www.earthpulse.com. And remember folks, it's we are the we are the hope and we are the answers we've been looking for. 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus and Company. Our executive producer and research assistant is Laura Kortner. I'm Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, and remember, we do need more love in the world.